This is the Genuine Joy Podcast, where we dig deeper into how we attempt to find true happiness while navigating life. We're your hosts, Matt. And Kelsey. And we're bringing you 100% organic and sustainable amateur advice to brighten your day and maybe even help you look at the world a little differently. Hi, and welcome back to the Genuine Joy Podcast. We have Casey from Mama Knows Nutrition on today. I am so excited you're here, Casey. How are you doing? I am awesome. I'm excited I'm here too. Thanks so much for um, coming on today. I want to learn so much about kids' nutrition. We have a one-year-old, and feeding her has been so fun, but also challenging. And I know it's just going to get more exciting as she grows up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exciting is the word. Yes. Yeah, so to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a registered dietitian and nutritionist. I have a master in clinical nutrition, and this is actually second career for me. So I did something totally different before, but I love nutrition. I'm a mom of a four-year-old and I think she's 22 months. I've kind of lost track (laughs) the second time around, second child problems. Um, We live in Dallas. I'm from New Jersey and I really try to tone down my Jersey accent, but (laughs) they're like, where are you from? I'm like, yeah, I'm not from Dallas. But anyway, um, so I didn't know I wanted to work with kids until I became a mom. And I was like, this is freaking hard and felt like I had no clue what I was doing as a parent. And I think most of us feel that way. But I was like, well, nutrition is my thing. I can do this. Let me figure out how to help parents. And that's where I am now. That's amazing. I know. I feel like once you have a kid, everything changes. You're just, your whole world revolves around them. And um, I totally relate to that. I remember thinking, oh yeah, I have this food blog, but it's not going to change when I have a kid. Like I'm just going to stay with the same thing. And now I'm like, oh wow, this is so interesting. And this is my entire life. Of course, I'm going to talk about how I'm feeding my kid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, So we um, are seven months into feeding Ruth now. She's done pretty well, but um, right? It just can be stressful between throwing food, fear of choking. I feel like a lot of parents um, that reach out to me are nervous about just mealtime in general. Well, that's my biggest fear um, as because I'm a paramedic firefighter. One of my biggest fears is her choking because I don't have any equipment to help her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's one of my fears. And like Kelsey said, there's a lot of other followers out there who are uh, fearful of that as well, among other things. Yeah. And I mean, is there anything you would say to moms or dads who are anxious around mealtime? Like what what to do, what to expect? Well, first, they're not alone because pretty much every parent that I talk to is nervous about a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's brand new. And yeah, it's like your kid's life. You know that choking could be very serious. So of course, that's going to be scary. Um, And I think the biggest thing is to just get more knowledge. And I'll give like a shameless plug to follow me on Instagram. But I can't tell you how many parents have thanked me for helping them feel better about all of these common worries because it is, it's really common, but just arming yourself with knowledge, it makes a huge difference. And you can always talk to the pediatrician if there's something that you're really worried about. Um, but with like the choking thing in particular, just go do a CPR first aid course, or maybe there's something online. I don't know. Um, but just having that knowledge of knowing like what to do, I think definitely can ease some of that anxiety. Yeah, definitely. I remember hearing that, isn't it that in babies' mouths, like their um, gag reflex is like in the middle of their tongue or something? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like 
not all the way at the back. Yeah, which is really good because um, it just helps them get things out a little bit easier. And yeah, it moves back as they get older. But a lot of times parents confuse gagging with choking. And with gagging, they're going to be coughing and um, usually like sound is coming out. Choking Mm -hmm. is when it gets super scary. So I think gagging scares parents because they think they're going to choke. But most of the time, it's like just gagging and it's totally fine. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it, that always really helped me and gave me like confidence in her. Like she can figure this out. Like she's smart. Like they have all these like natural abilities that their bodies just do um, when they're eating. So that always helps ease me, ease my tensions and fears a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's, I know it's really easy to get caught up in uh, a trap of peanut butter and jellies uh, because that's what all kids eat. I'm guilty of that as a child. <laughs> so my question for you is how much protein and carbs and fat do kids actually need? That is an amazing question. And I think the media makes it really complicated, but it does not need to be complicated. First, I do want to give a small shout out to the PB&J because it's not all bad. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you can really, you know, get some whole wheat, whole wheat bread in there and um, it's not all bad. But anyway, so I want, if you're listening and you want to know how much protein your child should have, get out a piece of pen or no, that's wrong. A of- <laughs> <laughs> and a pen. <laughs> wow. My brain. <laughs> afternoon. So, <laughs> but trust me, I'll give you the right formula. So you, if you take your child's weight in pounds and divide that by two, that is the amount of protein that they need in a day. So if your child's 30 pounds, they need about 15 grams of protein at a minimum, which is not a lot. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times that really like shocks parents because if you look at one glass of milk, that's eight grams of protein right there. So you're already like over halfway there. Um, I think that we get caught up in thinking like more, more, more protein. And that's, not necessarily true. More is fine, but you really want them getting a mix of nutrients. So like for carbs, they are going to eat about 50 to 65% of their total calories in carbohydrates. I always hear parents being like, oh my God, my kid just wants carbs. That's all they want to eat. I feel like all they eat is pasta and fruit and milk. And that's like really normal. So if you're feeling like that, that's totally fine. And then um, for fat, we definitely don't want to forget about that. Under two years old, fat should be really present at every meal. It's so crucial to support their brain development, really the whole central nervous system. And it's like just really good to have it. So once they're over two, it's still very important. And at that point, it might be somewhere around like 30% of their diet. But keeping in mind those like healthy fat sources, you always want to be thinking about having those at meals. Okay. And I randomly just thought of this too. Um, Is it possible for like a toddler to overeat? It's possible. So (laughs) it's possible, but it's really unlikely. And in terms of like, Oh, they might overeat at one meal, but that they usually balance it out throughout the course of a day. Like they're so much better than us at listening to their body and figuring out like, oh, I actually am not super hungry for lunch. Whereas yeah. we as adults would be like, 
this is my lunch, so I'm going to finish it because it's here. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I know. I just think some days, Ruth, my daughter, she, our daughter. <laughs> everything is Kelsey's, by the way. It's a, it's a running yeah, joke yeah. that everything is Kelsey's. Her house, it's her room, it's her, her child. Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyways. Um, I just rent. <laughs> um, but, like, I got a perfect bar out the other day for myself, an adult size perfect bar. And I had a bite and then she grabbed it on my hands and I was like, okay, you can have some. And she was devouring it. She ate the rest of the whole entire perfect bar. And I'm like, okay, that is like a lot. That's like all your protein, carbs, and fat in a day. Like that is a very nutrient dense bar. And, and then she was like a snack. Like what else can I have? I'm like, sometimes she's just a tank, but then sometimes she just doesn't want to eat anything. So I guess like you said, it evens out. Yes, it does. But that does make parents worried sometimes because they're like, sometimes they have a great appetite, sometimes they have a terrible appetite. And so then parents think something's wrong when they're not eating much, but it's really just them kind of balancing everything out. Yeah, definitely. Because then there's the days when she's just throwing everything I put on her plate or I don't even give her a plate yet because she, if I gave her a plate, she would throw everything on the tape off the ground. Well, she wants to grab the plate and play with the plate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so I give her like little pieces at a time, but sometimes she'll just swat it away if she doesn't want it or if she, sometimes she'll swat it away even if she wants it and then she'll just take a little while and then she'll start eating what I give her. And it's frustrating, but is that, is there any way to stop that or is that just kind of change as, as kids get older? Oh man, food throwing makes yeah. you just rip your hair out. I know. It's like, I spent time on this. You better eat it. Well, we were thankful that we have a dog because mm-hmm. we nicknamed her Hoover because she just comes in after, well, and during and helps us clean up. So it's been really nice. I know. I totally am missing out with the whole no dog thing. So there's a few things that I recommend. They usually they do grow out of it, but there are definitely some things you can do in the meantime. And the biggest thing is to not draw attention to it. They love attention and they think it's hilarious when we're like, no, don't do that. So um, even though we're saying no, they're like, ah, I got to rise out of mom and dad. So they're going to keep doing it. So the best thing is like, okay, just try not to react. Um, Instead, you want to emphasize, tell them what you do want them to do. So say, I want you to keep your food on the tray at mealtime. This is where food stays. And remind them of that before you even start the meal. And then you can show them where they can put unwanted foods. Be like, you don't want it. That's fine. Here's a little no thank you bowl and put it there. Or if you're next to the table or counter or something, say, you don't want it on your tray, just put it over here. And then the next step, you definitely have to like praise the good behavior almost immediately um, and be like, oh, you're doing such a great job keeping your food on the tray. And then they feel all proud. You're not going to have to do that forever, but it um, definitely helps when you're trying to break the habit. Now, how young can we start doing this with kids? Really, as as soon as they start doing it, their receptive language is so much better than we give them credit for. So even when they can't talk to us, like they at least get the gist of what we're saying. So you really can start as soon as they start the food throwing. Um, and you can also like make sure that you're just giving them good positive attention in general at a meal. So with a baby, with a toddler, like you don't want to just give them the food and walk away. Sometimes you have to do that because like there's other things you got to do. But if you can try and give them some attention while they're eating, they're less likely to engage in some of those behaviors. 
That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, it makes sense too, because she's so receptive and I feel like it's, it's incredible. Sometimes she'll say something or do something and I'm like, oh my gosh, you understand so much more than I even thought you could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's mind blowing and a little freaky sometimes, but I'm getting used to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so when I'm portioning out her meals, like what are appropriate portion sizes for kids? Do you just kind of make a little, a little bit of each thing or is, I know with a you know, adults, it's like, oh, protein should be the size of your palm or things like that. Is there, do you think about that with kids? Yeah. What I really like to do is something that I call starter portions. And what you'll do is this is called like the rule of thumb and you'll, it's just an estimate, but to give you an idea, like for each year of age, you start out by giving them one thumb size um, per year of age. Does that make sense? <laughs> one mm-hmm. yes. um, per year of age of each food. So if you have peas and potatoes and chicken, you'll give about a thumb of each of those things just to start with. And then they can ask for more and you can definitely give them more. And I wouldn't worry about like limiting them at a certain point. You can stop a certain food, like say it's the bread or the pasta that they just want more and more and more and are not touching anything else on their plate. You can say like, okay, we're going to hold off on seconds of that for now. You have other food on your tray if you still want that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's good to start like sometimes people will dump a whole ton of food on the tray at once. And I don't like to do that just because we want them to get an idea of like what a portion, like what a serving size is. And it also can make them eat more, like going back to talking about how much can they overeat. Um, Mm -hmm. The more food that you give them, the more they're likely to eat, whether they want it or not. So it's better to like err on the side of less and let them have more versus just giving them more to start with. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, well, because I feel like sometimes she will not eat that much at like lunch and seem kind of done with it. And then just like an hour later, I'll be having a snack and she'll be like reaching for it and wanting it. And, you know, she's so cute. And so I give her some. And then I feel like she could just, because snacks are so delicious usually. <laughs> I feel like she could snack all day if I let her. So she's got some great snacks. They taste yeah. amazing. I know, right? <laughs> I and like, whatever her, what are her, some of her favorite snacks? Um, let's see. We would do a lot of like puff sort of things, like mm-hmm. whether it's bombas or uh, those, you know, bombas that mm-hmm. from Trader Joe's. Those ones. Um, what are the other ones? The white cheddar puffs. The white, the, yeah, like um, pirates booty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the like a pouch. We'll give her a pouch for a snack sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? She used to really like those teethers. Oh, those little cedar crackers. Yeah, the veggie crackers. Yeah, she doesn't really have those anymore. Um, I well, I've read like all the nutrition labels and all of the the bar sections, like at Target, you know, that whole aisle with all the bars mm-hmm. and all the kids ones. And the only ones I buy are like the Lara Bar Kids because they seem to have the least amount of ingredients and sugar, um, but there's still a decent amount of sugar in them. Um, and I give her those. I don't know why they put sugar in those, because the regular Lara Bars don't have any sugar added in them. I'm like, why do they think kids need more sugar? Yeah, like, and like everything <laughs> seems like it has so much added sugar. And it's crazy, which we'll, we'll get to too. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like how do you get to stop kids from snacking all day and like really save up for mealtime? Yes, it is really hard because I've totally been there with my kid whining at the pantry and I'm like physically throwing myself in front of him being like, it is not snack time now. (laughs) Go away. 
Um, but so the number one thing is to put in place like a meal and snack routine. And this doesn't have to be a strict schedule, but I really like parents to have something that both they can count on and their little one can count on as being sort of the routine. And for toddler age, that's going to look something like breakfast, then about two hours later would be morning snack, then two to three hours later is lunch, then we have the afternoon snack, dinner, optional bedtime snack, but really keeping it to those, like some people might call it eating zones or windows where, okay, those are the times we eat. If we're not in one of those times, then we're not eating. And it just kind of gives you an easier way to say no when they are asking for it and it's not actual snack time, you can be like, you can have that, but not right now. It's not snack time yet. Or <laughs> like right now we're going to go to the library. We'll come back for snack time later. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like I have to distract her <laughs> from wanting yeah. well, stuff. Well, sometimes they're just bored or they need you to redirect them to the next activity. And mm -hmm. so they're just like a default ask for food. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I know everyone wants their kid to have a healthy relationship with food. Um, and that can be hard. I feel like a lot of us looking back on our childhoods sometimes wish things were done a little differently and, and we would love to, to have them grow up to just have a good relationship. Like we said, we would eat everything on our plate at this point. I feel like most people are like that. And, um, it'd be great for if they were like great intuitive eaters, but how do you, how do we get that to happen? So the best thing is to really start young and like what I was talking about with the portions of letting them have more, you want them to be the guide of how much they eat. That's not our job. That's their job. They need to listen to their body. Their body is incredibly smart and can tell them. So they, you know, we kind of lose that as adults. We lose that ability to tune into what our body is telling us. But as much as we can, we want to help them listen to those internal cues of hunger and fullness versus anything external. So like have another bite of that can seem kind of harmless. And you like as parents, you always have the best intentions in mind. You just want your kid to get what they need, but encouraging them to eat more can actually make them like stop listening to those cues that their body's telling them that they need to eat. Um, another thing is to make sure that you're not demonizing any foods or overly restricting. Like the best message you can give them is that all food is food. And the way that you can teach them about like what's healthy and what's not healthy is really just to serve healthy items more often. You don't have to like feel like you have to give them a nutrition lesson or anything like that. Just serve healthy foods more often, serve less healthy, healthy for <laughs> serve less healthy foods less often. And I don't want you to never serve those less healthy foods. They're going to be exposed to them at some point. They need to know how to handle it appropriately. Because mm -hmm. if you overly restrict, then they're going to go like ham when they finally have those foods. Yeah, definitely. And like with vegetables and stuff, I, I've heard, are you just not supposed to like force them upon those upon them either? Just kind of always provide it and say like, I love to eat this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing you like sitting there. I love I green beans. La, la, la. <laughs> I actually do do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to be a good model for them. So like if you want them to be eating something, you have to eat it yourself. Like obviously there are foods that 
some of us don't like and we're never going to like. So like don't force yourself to eat asparagus if you hate it, but there's plenty of other options. And um, yeah, just having that exposure is huge. Yeah, that's awesome. So we read uh, a lot of, well, we read all the ingredient lists for packaged snacks for our daughter, but it still seems like everything still has sugar in it. Um, what's the best on the go snacks for kids? You know, things that you can just throw in the diaper bag for the day, things that will kind of keep for a little bit longer. Um, Mm -hmm. what are some of your suggestions? So I know like in an ideal world, we would home make everything and like have fresh fruits and vegetables. Who has time for that? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I do not. So, um, some of my favorite diaper bag snacks, I actually have, um, a healthy grab and go toddler snack guide on my website. If people want to check that out, but some of my favorites are just the, um, almond Lara bars. Um, Mm just the regular ones, not the kids ones, because they don't have any added sugar. They have a good mix of nutrients they're filling. And usually the texture is like fine for a toddler. Mm -hmm. I also really love the Simple Mills almond crackers. Have you had Mm -hmm. them? Yeah. We love the Simple Mills almond crackers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get like the huge um, Costco size box. Oh yeah. So good. I didn't know they made a Costco size. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, gotta get it. Game changer. <laughs> but they, yeah, they have way more nutrition than just like a regular cracker and will help keep them full longer. And it's an easy thing. Like kids love crackers. And then my other favorite is the Serenity Kids baby food pouches. They sell them at Whole Foods now. They also sell them online. But sometimes like you just need a pouch. The reason that I love these ones is because they do include healthy fats, which mm-hmm. like I said before, is so important for our little ones. Yeah. I just bought some of those on Thrive Market actually. So oh, I, I haven't tried them yet, there. but yeah, yeah. I just got some. We'll see how she likes it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, I mean, we can do our best. I feel like to limit sugar. I feel like everyone tries to, but like we said, it creeps into everything. Um, is it just important for people to read ingredient labels and stuff or how can people best like limit their kids' sugar intake? Yeah, I would definitely read ingredient labels and you're not going to have time to read the ingredients on every single thing that you buy, especially if you're shopping with your kids with you because like, oh my gosh, I just, (laughs) when I have my kids in the store, I'm like, ah, stop Um, Put that back down. Oh yes, I know. My son is four, so he like doesn't ride in the cart anymore and he just, it's like he runs through the aisles just like grabbing everything. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's crazy. But anyway, so I would just say, look at the things that you're buying all the time and see what kind of swaps that you can make. Like, don't worry so much about the occasion treat, but some like common culprits, breakfast cereal, I actually have a free download on that with low sugar cereals. You can find ones that have like less than five grams of sugar, but a lot of them have a lot more, which Mm -hmm. is really annoying. Um, yogurt. I always tell moms to go for unsweetened. I actually had a mom friend just tell me the other day, she's like, I just never even thought about this. And then she saw when I talked about it, she's like, I'm just going to try giving them plain yogurt and see what happens. She's like, I was shocked because they just ate it. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think people do assume though, like, Oh, their kids are not going to like, you know, Greek yogurt, like unsweetened. And like Ruth loves it. People have asked me, 
like, oh, how do you get her to eat it? I'm like, oh, she just eats it. They're like, oh, I haven't even tried that. Put it on her plate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you can buy it and put a little honey or whatever in it yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So that is definitely a good way to go. The other thing that gets people is bread. Like you would never think to look at just your regular bread for sugar, but a lot of them have a lot. Even ones like um, the Dave's Killer bread brand. Mm-hmm. They have this one, I forget what it is, but it's like super grainy and seedy and whatever. And it mm-hmm. has like five grams of sugar per um, slice. Oh, so man. Sandwich, like that's actually a lot of added sugar that you would have never even realized was in there. Yeah, that's crazy. We get Dave's Killer Bread. We get like the sprouted one. It's a whole grain something, but I haven't looked at the sugar label. I didn't yeah, even think to. we got to take a look at it. Yeah, oh they goodness. also they have one that's called white bread done right. And mm-hmm. so it's like not fully a white bread. It's healthier than a white bread, but that one's lower in sugar. Oh, good to know. Hmm. Man, so I'm still learning these things. It's crazy. <laughs> so if we can switch gears a little bit uh, and talk about food allergies, where do food allergies come from and how can we can we even prevent them from having food allergies? Yes and no. We are not entirely sure where this is coming from. They definitely seem to be more prevalent now. And um, there's like not a total scientific answer for that yet. But one of the best things that you can do is while you're pregnant, you do want to make sure that you're eating like those common allergen foods. So the top eight common allergens are milk, peanuts, tree nuts, eggs, soy, wheat and fish. So as much as you can, um, when you expose that, you're eating it and they get exposed to that through the placenta. And that usually um, is going to help. And then when they're a baby, they used to think like you should wait on these allergens, but now they know that you should actually introduce them early and often. So um, moms get really freaked out about like peanuts and um, I felt this with my, with my son. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to feed him peanut butter in mm-hmm. the parking lot at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Anything happens. But if there's no um, history of severe food allergy in your family, then there's a lower risk. Not, not that there's no risk, but there is a lower risk. And a lot of times, the first time that a child has a reaction, it's not a severe. It can be. So like you always want to be paying attention, but a lot of times it's not. I do say to like introduce these foods when you're at home. Don't do it like out at a restaurant or on vacation for the first time, just in case something does happen. Um, And yeah, it's just, you got to expose them when you can. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I definitely agree. I've been, I've, given everything to Ruth now and luckily she's fine but um but that it was very scary I was like please be okay I don't want to deal with deal with that but um it's hard it's really hard like to even just go out to eat or buy packaged foods like it's a lot of work so I definitely feel for those parents yeah it must be all the Reese's blizzards I had when I was pregnant that (laughs) makes her fine with dairy and peanut butter you're welcome Ruth Another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of, well, not a lot, but some babies will have a milk allergy and then they grow out 
of it. A lot of times by the time they're like 12 months old. So a lot of parents will be like, oh, they're allergic to milk and then they just never give it. But like your doctor can give you guidance on it. But a lot of times they do grow out of it. And a lot of parents think that their child has an allergy when they don't. So you really want to get like allergy testing to make sure. Interesting. Yeah. What does allergy testing consist of? You would want to go to um, either like a regular allergist or a food allergist doctor so that they can do, they'll like prick your back um, with it and it's like a scratch test. But um, because there's like food sensitivity tests, I, I don't think people really do that on their kids. Maybe they do and I just don't know about it, but those are not reliable. A lot of times they give like false positives and that's different from an allergy. So you really want to make sure you go to an allergist who like specializes in it. Yeah. Interesting. Good to know. Yeah. Um, and speaking of all this, um, vitamins are something that I am thinking of lately. I got a few questions um, on Instagram, people asking me if I give Ruth vitamins and I don't. And it got me thinking, should I? I don't know anything about this? Yeah, it depends. So one of the main things you want to make sure is a vitamin D. And if they're drinking some milk or a milk alternative that has vitamin D, then you don't need to supplement it. But like, I know the pediatrician recommends you give it to a baby, but it's still really good to continue with vitamin D throughout their childhood. So a lot of times they get it through their milk, but if they're not drinking like two-ish cups of milk or milk alternative a day, then I would supplement with vitamin D. In terms of like multivitamins, if they have a varied diet, then you usually don't need it. I've done like so many nutrient analyses on kids where the mom will give me a report of like three days of everything that they ate and I put that all in and look for all their nutrient deficiencies. And it's like fairly rare that I find deficiencies unless they're like an extremely picky kid. So mm -hmm. sometimes vitamins, multivitamins just make parents feel better. And like, there's really no reason why you can't do it, but you don't have to like spend the money on it if they're eating a good varied diet. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and speaking of picky eaters, that was like the main question I asked on Instagram if people had questions. And the main thing was just like, how do I deal with my picky eater? How do I get them to eat? Um, I think this is from all ages of different kids. I think some people too have said their kids eat super well and they turn three and all of a sudden they won't eat anything. Um, how do you deal with pickiness? Oh, it is so common. So this age, like the two to five age range is the most common for picky eating. So it's a like to a degree, it's just typical. Part of it is that they're not growing as much, like they're not growing as quickly as they were when they're a baby. Because think about it, from when they're born, they triple their size by the time they're yeah. one. Like that's insane. And then that's a lot of growing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once they get a little bit older, they're not growing that fast anymore. And even though they're active, their appetite still just isn't as big as consistently. So that's part of it. They're like, I'm not as hungry. So like, I don't want to eat all these things that you're giving me. And then they also can enter this phase of like a fear of new foods, a fear of new things in general, but it plays out a lot in food. And um, so it's common. The thing that you don't want to do is to stop serving foods that they reject. So if like 
they used to love green beans and now all of a sudden they're like, no, I don't want that. You're like, okay, well, I'm still going to serve it at a meal because if you stop serving it, then they really are never going to eat it again. So you don't have to serve it every single day, but you want to keep those foods in the rotation, like the foods that you want to see them eating, keep serving it. You don't have to like make a big deal about it. You don't have to get them to try it. You really just want to have it out there. And what I always recommend to parents is like, usually dinner is the one that's the trickiest. And so I say like, do your best to serve a family style meal of, you know, even if they're like Ruth's age, she can't serve herself at this point, but you can say like, oh, would you like some of the rice? How much? And um, getting them involved in that, that can help make them feel more comfortable. And so even if they're only choosing, I feel like I'm like really blabbing on, but no, you're not at all. <laughs> no, it's great. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> even if they're only choosing one thing from the meal that they eat, like don't look at that as a failure because they're just still learning and they will come around to eating more foods as they get a little bit older. You don't want to like make them feel bad about it. You don't want to force them to eat something. Um, you just want to kind of like go with it and, and not make a big deal about it. Cause once you start making a big deal about it is when it starts to get worse and worse. Yeah. And I feel like I know some kids who, um, you know, they'll be served a meal and then they'll say, no, I want a grilled cheese. Do you ever give into that? Or you just say, no, this is what we're eating. Like, do you feel like giving into those requests and being a short order cook ends up just being probably pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's like a total slippery slope. And I get it. Like I even did that with my son a bit when he started getting really picky cuz I was like, "Wait, what like what's going on here?" So you you do that cuz you just want them to eat, but mm -hmm. a lot of times they aren't that hungry at that meal and once they realize like, "Oh, cool, mom's going to give me something else." So like I yeah, rice is fine, but like I'd rather have a grilled cheese. So I'm just going to hold out for that. So every once in a while, like you feel like giving them something else, totally fine. But the best strategy is to make sure that there's something at the meal that you know they usually like and know that they can at least have that one thing. If they don't want that one thing, then you have to be like, okay, they're not, they don't want to eat right now. That's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah, definitely. That's hopefully what we'll do. But it is, yeah, it is hard some days. You're just like, I just want you to eat something, but I know she's fine. <laughs> and she it is does clearly take time though, like to get more yeah. comfortable with that. Cause I remember the first few times that my son didn't eat dinner and I was like, Okay, I'm putting him to bed and he yeah. didn't eat any dinner tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's then, a little scary. And then they're fine. It's, there are some kids who will wake up in the middle of the night hungry and then you're like, Okay, my kid needs a bedtime snack if they're one of these kids. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, like they're fine. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm going to ask you a couple more questions from pe people sent over on Instagram. Cool. Um, someone asked, how long should my toddler be expected to sit at mealtime? Yes. So I realistically say five minutes because they, <laughs> <laughs> they have such short attention spans. Like 
it's, it's hard to get them to sit. And so like, I would be perfectly happy with five minutes. A goal would be 15 to 20, but it's going to take a lot of time to get there. I would not expect them to sit more than 15 to 20 minutes, even thinking about like, if they're at a preschool or, um, kindergarten, even activities are really short. Like mad props to those teachers because they have to have like a million things for the kids to do to keep them engaged and um, like throughout the day. So it's really in these 10 to 15 minute chunks that we can hold their attention span and keep them still. So I want parents to know like five minutes is a good starting place. You can do like, they have visual timer apps. And so you could like try and increase by a minute every single week and be like, okay, we're going to sit the table for this long if you're trying to extend it. But yeah, it's just like, they can't. Yeah. Sit <laughs> yeah. That's all kids. Whoever asked that, it's just, it's not just you. Yeah. No kids can sit. Um, okay. So someone asked tips for raising a vegetarian child. Okay. With a vegetarian child, then I want them to be, I'm like thinking as I'm talking. No, no, I know. That's a, that's an interesting one. I think that's hard. Yeah. It's doable. There's a lot of options out there these days. I think the most important thing to think about is like making sure you're still getting that wide variety of nutrients and not just cutting things out. So like, Mm -hmm it depends, you know, they can be fine without meat, but you want to make sure they're also getting other iron rich sources like beans and lentils and you can do tofu. So making sure that you're not just taking away, you're also like adding in those nutrients. Yeah. And speaking of low iron, someone else said that their four year old tested low for iron. She said, we do molasses milk and spinach and oranges. Any other ideas? Okay. If if the doctor tests them and they're low, then you usually are going to need an actual iron supplement. And mm-hmm. I want people to know that like for kids who are not deficient in iron, then usually iron from food is perfectly sufficient. But if they do have a deficiency, you really do need a supplement to help them. Another thing that um, a lot of people don't know is that if you cook with a cast iron pan, that puts iron in the food. There's also this thing called the lucky iron fish. I don't know why it's called that, but <laughs> it is the shape of a fish. And Sounds like a bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> but you can just put it in a pot when you're cooking and it infuses. It doesn't like make it taste like anything, but it infuses iron into the food. And so that a lot of times is helpful with people with picky eaters. Is like they have other ways besides just meat to get them a good source of iron. Yeah, that's awesome. We use our cast irons only now, so that is good to know. Helping her out a little bit. Yes, you are. <laughs> cool. Well, um, one other person. A lot of people just ask about picky stuff, but um, one person asked, "My kids love kombucha. Should I limit their daily intake?" Do you know anything about that? Yeah, it's okay to have them drink some, but I, it does usually have caffeine. I don't know if people like make it mm. themselves, but um, you just want to be cautious of that. Though I will say, <laughs> my daughter drank an entire cup of coffee the other day. Oh my god! Like, the twenty-two month old. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, and she was fine. But um, That's so funny. It was was really she bouncing funny. off the walls? I thought she was like she still took her nap. I was like, this is impressive. Oh, wow, very um, impressive. Interesting. It was, it was really funny. Like my mom was with us, and she was in the other room. I was on a phone call, and then the coffee was gone. And I asked my son, I'm like, 
did Amelia just drink that? And he's like, <laughs> she drank it very carefully. She spill it <laughs> with her pinky up. <laughs> yeah. um, so she was fine. And I Googled, I was like, what if your toddler drinks a cup of coffee? And someone was like, um, take them to the ER immediately. Just kidding. It's not antifreeze. It's just coffee. They're <laughs> <laughs> going to be fine. Yeah, I was like, okay. You're right. But yeah, we still want to be cautious of their um, caffeine intake at this young age. So that's really the only thing I would um, caution with the kombucha. Okay. Um, And someone said, how can you make sure kids get enough calcium without dairy? Her kids have dairy allergies. Okay. Yes. So you totally can. There's lots of other options. The non-dairy, like if she does a non-dairy milk, like um, ripple pea milk or soy milk, those are the ones that are like most nutritiously comparable to regular milk and do have a good amount of calcium in them. And then um, I have some posts on my Instagram um, if they want to check that out on non-dairy sources of calcium. But it's, um, yeah, there, there's plenty of other ways to get it. Awesome. Yeah. I'll link to all of those posts. If you can send them to me after I'll link them in the show notes. Um, cool. Well, that's basically the gist of everyone's questions. Um, is there anything else you kind of wanted to add for people, parents dealing with kiddos? Yeah, I think it's just that a lot of times parents are doing a much better job than they think they are. So if they're like thinking about feeding them healthy options and cautious about what they feed their kids, like they're doing a good job. And I don't want them to stress about like getting exactly the right amount of nutrients every single day. As long as you're giving them a a fairly varied diet, they're going to get what they need. And Something like, this is another picky eater tip, is to have what I call the rotation rule. And that's basically just that you're not serving the same exact things day, like one day to the next. So Mm -hmm. if they had peanut butter and jelly yesterday, totally fine. Serve them something different for lunch today. They can have a PB&J tomorrow. But that really helps get that variety of nutrients without like having to stress about it. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I totally agree too, because I feel like I get get so stressed out about like, you know, having activities for Ruth to do or food or whatever. But I feel like if you are stressing about it, that means you care and that you're doing a great job because you care. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I've learned so much today. Thank you so much. Before Good. you go, so oh, yes. we have a question that we ask all of our guests. Mm-hmm. We ask yep. each other on other podcasts, but what has brought you joy this week? Oh, well, that is super easy because yesterday I got to go on the um, DFW NBC to record a segment and I like had the most fun ever. And to see myself on TV today was like, oh my gosh, so cool. That's amazing. That's awesome. Crushing it. Yeah, congratulations on oh getting my on there. Gosh, were you nervous? You. I was a little bit nervous, but so I had mentioned I, this is like a second career for me. I used to do this kind of stuff in my other career about stuff that I like had no idea what I was talking about. So now coming in doing media again and knowing what I'm like, liking what I'm talking about and feeling more confident in it. I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. So cool. Matt, what brought you joy this week? Uh, what's going to bring me joy this week is going to swim lessons with our daughter. I'm really excited about that. It's fun just spending father daughter time in the water and yeah, 
playing around. It's so cute. Singing she songs. Loves, she loves the water so much. She gets so excited. So, oh, yeah. That's tomorrow. That'll be fun. Yeah. Kelsey, what's bringing you joy this week? Let's see. Hmm. <laughs> what this week? I'm racking my brain. You know what? Something this morning that was kind of sad, but then brought me joy. Ruth woke up at like 5 a.m., like all whiny and crying, and she's teething. Um, and I finally went in and got her, and um, I brought her into bed with me. And I just, you know, when you like feel them, just like completely relax and be so happy in your arms. She did that and she like nestled in and she's like not a big cuddler. So whenever she does, it's just like makes my heart so happy. (laughs) (laughs) I love those moments. Oh, right. It's like you were in farther between. It totally is sad. And she's just, like I said, she's not a cuddler. So We've actually just recently taught her when we say cuddle, she'll like lean her head on your shoulder, but she does it for like two seconds and then (laughs) pops up and laughs. And it's like, just stay down. Come on. Just please cuddle longer. (laughs) She just wants to run around and play. But um, my daughter is the same way. My husband will try and like hold her in place. and She's like waving all her limbs to get away. (laughs) (laughs) Please love me. So funny. Um, well, that was awesome. Thank you so yeah, much you so for chatting much. with us. We'll share all of your information. And can you just, for listeners, let everyone know where they can find you online? Sure. My website is mamanosnutrition.com. That's M-A-M-A. And um, on Instagram at mama, un- no, wait, mama knows underscore nutrition. There we Perfect. Go. Great. Well, then that is all. And we will Such talk to Such a wealth you. of knowledge. Thank yeah. you so much. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at littlebits of underscore real food. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. New episodes will be out every other week. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Keep Keep it it joyful. joyful.